Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of So What Else? I'm your host, Caitlin, and we are back with another fun interview this week. It is a voice that you might recognize, okay? Today we have Dustin Doyle, and he was actually on this podcast back in August of 2021 on the Daisy Jones and the Six book chat, which we actually do get into again slightly in this episode, just very, very briefly. We just circled back to it, but he was on the pod all that time ago. And now he's back. His wife, Kate Doyle, has been on this podcast a lot of times. She was on that Daisy Jones and the Six episode, but she was also on really early on. She did an interview about foster care and adoption, talking about their daughter, Kenzie, and her story. She also came back and did an episode with us about the Enneagram. And I reference her in a lot of episodes. So you, if you are a regular, if you're an OG, so what else person, you've heard the name Kate Doyle a lot. So now we have her husband, Doug. Dustin here, okay? This is just a really fun conversation. Dustin is just a really easy guy to talk to. I really enjoy him. He's really fun. We talk about a lot of stuff. Like I said, we talk about Daisy Jones and the Six. We talk about work. We talk about kids. He gets into talking about um, some of their history of getting married super young and how they just very recently got a new baby. It's a whole thing. It's a really fun chat. You're going to love it. Stay tuned. I love your background wall. What room are you in? This is that green room where I. This sent is your you dining the, uh, room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The paint color room. I love it. Wait, what? What did I go with, and what did you go with? I went with succulent. I think. So it looks lighter right now than it does like on some of the other walls, but um, yeah, I think you went with a lighter color. I think ours is a little lighter, but I love yours. But they were both Sherwin Williams, right? Yes, yes, yes. They were like on the same card of the Sherwin Williams. On the same spectrum of green. The same spectrum of green. Is the baby sleeping? She is actually still up. Uh, Kate's going to put her to bed in like five, ten minutes. Oh my gosh. Parker went to bed so early because she took such crap naps today. And so she was out like a light at like seven o'clock. Fine. Then literally as I was walking down the stairs to do this, I heard her start to scream. And I was like, oh, gotta go. Sorry. Bye, Scott. Good luck. I don't know what she's <laughs> doing. Started yeah. I was yeah. like, okay, forget it. I don't know what that That's was. That's the benefit of having the two parents in the home where you can just kind of check out when you need to. That's when yeah. you're asking, you're like, oh, what time's good? I'm like, Kate's awesome. Like anytime is going to work. And then we had a snow day. So literally anytime. could. I know. I know. But it's like, here's the thing though. I'm so sensitive. Cause it's like when I'm like, oh, Dustin, let's record. I'm so sensitive to taking uh, the second parent away from the mom for bedtime. Because like, I hate that. Like if Scott's not going to be around for bedtime, I'm like, oh, I have to do it by myself. Oh, no, no. That's definitely fair. Definitely fair. Oh, I and hate And smart bedtime. and wise. And all husbands should take that advice. Don't it's- abandon your wives never leave even during bedtime during, even during football season Yo. when it's like <laughs> wait were you happy the chiefs won are you a chiefs person no. okay so i was good either way um and really what i wanted to happen was the earth to open up and swallow both teams because i wanted both teams to lose really because um, i don't love i mean you watch quarterback I yes yeah, I don't love Patrick Mahomes. No, quarterback did bad things for him, in my opinion. Like, 
he shouldn't, like, I think that there were a lot of people that really liked him and then they watched quarterback and they were like, oh, he's a little bit of a D-bag, like not a super <laughs> fan anymore. Like, I don't think that quarterback did good things for him and his reputation, in my opinion. No, Yeah, so, and you watched the whole thing, right? Oh, yeah. So the one thing I think it really highlighted was he has a phenomenal work ethic, right? Totally. Like, I, you can't argue that, if you have a quarterback, you want him to work as hard as Patrick Mahomes works. You totally. want him to have that drive, that passion. That's all awesome. Um, but I really like Brock Purdy. I really like that story. Oh, he is it's just awesome. the most precious thing ever. I don't know how you couldn't root for him. It's like, he's so precious. He was Mr. What is, I didn't even know there was a thing, Mr. Irrelevant. Mr. Or something. He was like yeah, the Mr. last. Irrelevant. He was the last pick in the entire draft. It's like, that would have been a really good story if they won. Yeah, but the reason I was fine either way is because I'm a Seahawks fan. And the 49ers, if you know anything about football, are in the I Seahawks don't. division. So there are there are rivals. They're like our arch nemesis. Oh. So like if you're a baseball fan, it's like Yankees, Boston. Yeah, so you can't. It's like you couldn't that, really. yeah. So I rooted for him because of Brock Purdy and because I like Christian McCaffrey. Um, but when the Chiefs won, I wasn't disappointed. If the if the 49ers had won, I wouldn't have been disappointed. Like I said, I would have just loved to see both teams implode. It's but. so f- oh well, no, it's look, it's so <laughs> funny because I don't know anything about football at all. Like legitimately, like I don't know anything about football. I don't care. It's whatever. <laughs> like, but in just the few hours leading up to the Super Bowl, I was like, "Who are we rooting for?" And Scott was like the 49ers, and I was like, "Why?" And he was like, "A because we hate the Chiefs because Patrick Mahomes <laughs> is annoying, but B." He told me the whole story about Brock Purdy and how like he was like the last pick in the draft and he's this young, precious guy. And then I saw these reels of him. I yeah. was dead about the outfits. Like it was like, they would show like all the other football players coming into yeah, his yeah. outfits where they look like, I, I don't even know what they look like. They look like idiots. Like their outfits are so ridiculous. Like a head to toe sequin suit, like whatever. And it was like showing like Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, all these other players. And, and then there's like Brock Purdy in like a button down in khakis. And he's yeah. just like he walking like into work. He looks like a dad <laughs> and he's so precious. And he literally is splitting rent in an apartment with some other dude, drives a Toyota, like what a chill guy. And then I found out, which I knew this, but it never meant anything to me. Christian McCaffrey went to high school with my nephew Oh, interesting. Like at Valor, Valor Christian Academy, I guess. I don't know, in Littleton, whatever. Okay. And so I was like, oh. Then <laughs> so basically, like, I'm related to him, you know, obviously. Oh, so it's like, yeah, yeah, definitely. My cousin Christian McCaffrey. So we had to root for them. So then I felt yeah. then I felt really into the game. And then I felt really upset that the 49ers lost. But it was Yeah, a good and game. It, that was a, that was a sad game because I don't think the Chiefs won as much as the 49ers lost. Like, they just made a bunch of mistakes. Well, Mm. so they made mistakes. Like, they had that game won. And they made a bunch of little stupid mistakes that cost them the game because um, Patrick Mahomes was not that good. I mean, he did everything he needed to do. He he won. Like, let's not take that away from him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, the 49ers made more mistakes. But the other thing about Brock Purdy that I like, he is a pretty outspoken Christian. I know. I know. And then, okay, I saw this like random thing on Instagram today and I was laughing and this woman was like, because this woman said something like, Brock Purdy is like an outspoken Christian. Like he's such a good guy. And other people were like, Patrick Mahomes thanked God in his speech Mm, or something. And she was like, if you watched quarterback, like I think that you would know that like, I don't think that 
Patrick Mahomes would like call himself like a Christian. Yeah. And listen, maybe he does. Who are we? Whatever. To, exactly. We know a ton of Christians who don't quote unquote look like Christians, right? True. true. And actually we should probably be normalizing the fact that there's like, we're just like everyone else. It's true. You it's know, true. when I'm off camp, like I use bad language and I'm mean to my kids sometimes. And no, I know. Like, I know. At any point in time, you could see me doing something where you go like, that guy's not a Christian. And well, there's nothing different other than the faith, you know, and yeah. what Jesus did. Other than that, we're, we're pretty normal people for the most part. You're right, but I still hate Patrick Mahomes. I think he's annoying. I think he's flashy. You're right. Do I have any right to say anything about what's going on in his heart? No, I don't. I have no, no idea. But do I think that he's flashy and annoying? I really do. And I Brittany do. Mahomes yeah, is I a agree. pain in the neck. Yeah, but he's really, really good at football. He's and very it is, good it at is, football. Yeah. He it is. is kind of cool to be living during a time where you have like Tom Brady retiring. This is This has to be the most boring conversation to you ever. It's actually not. not. That's what I think is so weird is because I don't know anything about football or care about football, but apparently I do because I care about this conversation. And I think it's because of quarterback. I think it's because of quarterback of watching the Netflix. But so it is cool to see someone like Tom Brady, who was so good for so long. And like, that's a once in a lifetime thing. And then Patrick Mahomes comes in and he's dominating, you know, five Super Bowls, three wins in the last six years. Like, Pretty yeah. incredible. So no, I know, and it's like he's a young guy, and all. I get it, I get it, I get it. But it's like, uh, whatever, whatever. It's fine. What did you think of Usher though? <laughs> the real thing of the of the Super Bowl? Because Usher, yeah. Wait, how old are you? I t- okay, wait. I have two beefs that we will talk about. Oh my god! Tonight, and the first one is you guys always rag on Scott for being this old man. <laughs> You're the same age as him, aren't you? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm older than him. I'm 40. I'm going to in in less than a month, I turn 42. So. No, he is 42. You're younger. You're younger. You're younger. And that's why I feel like such a spring chicken compared oh, to that grandpa, yeah, so I guess. You're so young. You're so young. No, oh, you guys boy. always rag on him. Like, guys, it's not that old. But yes, Usher was probably the music of what? High school, middle school for you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And that was like my probably like late high school, early yeah. college. Like I think I was in college when he discovered Bieber, all that Yo, stuff. So the man doesn't age though. Like, can we say? And he like looks his good. he looks amazing and his <laughs> yeah. dance moves. Like I was like, no time has passed. Zero. Yeah. So the only thing I was disappointed with was like the last song is his big song that's the song i think everybody was probably waiting for in my generation we're like this is the song right yeah and he was i think he was tired because he barely sung also three lyrics the amount of sweating like i was like is it that hot in vegas or are you like really out of shape like what is going on like the profuse sweating is it the light like what is it is it so hot he was dancing like a madman i think he's just performing like crazy but i think even better than the usher performance did you see that one girl just straight up fall off the pole? <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Why have I you'll not have, seen like replays on reels? Back and, yeah. You'll have to go back and find it because she's walking up and she's dancing. It's like, if you're looking at the screen, she's to the left and she just falls off the pole. <laughs> Dude. Could you imagine that was her big moment? That's like my favorite thing to talk about. Like when you see something like a Super Bowl, like halftime show or whatever, you're like, yeah. you know that these people, like all of their families are sitting like this and they're like, there she is, there she is. There. Oh, I saw her foot. I saw, oh, she, one second. And it's like, that was her big moment and she fell and they got it on yeah. camera. 
It's like, oh my God, Harold Tiffany just fell off. She just pole. fell. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, it's funny. But no, I actually thought the halftime show was was pretty good. I mean, it's cool when the uh when the halftime acts are actually catering to your generation. But I was talking to my son today about like he's like, I want to see a rock band on there because my oldest son is like a an old soul, so he loves all like old rock music type yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was asking him what bands he would like to see on there. And he's like, who would you want to see? I'm like, I would like to see uh, Matchbox 20. I would mm-hmm. like to see Santana featuring Rob Thomas. Oh I would like gosh. to see Rob Thomas as a solo. Like, I love Matchbox 20. So they, I think they would be like really cool, but oh nobody would like them as the no, halftime show. It would be the most boring halftime show over, except for me. I'd be losing my mind. Right? Well, there'd be a lot of people like you that would be losing their mind. Like middle-aged white guys. That's exactly. the football demographic, right? That is oh, the I demographic. I think it's a home run. We that, should do that's it. what they got to do next we'll, year. Matchbox we'll write a 20. letter. We'll write a letter. Are you annoyed about the Taylor Swift hype or you don't care? So I was. And then I saw a couple things on social media where I was like, <gasps> you know, this really shouldn't annoy me. This were is you kind convicted of like, by those statements that were like, your daughters are bit. watching you criticize a powerful woman. Were you convicted well, by that? So actually, the first thing that hit me was it was a, um, who was it? It was a lead singer of like a hardcore rock band. And someone was during one of his concerts, someone was giving uh, grief to Taylor Swift, like in from the crowd. He's like, stop it. I will not accept like bad mouthing of Taylor Swift. I respect anybody who's a songwriter who plays their own instrument and is willing to get up there and perform and be an example for like just people being musicians. Okay. So from that, I was like, you know what? That's true. That's kind of a jerk thing of me to be like, Oh, Taylor Swift's so annoying. No, she's actually like, I don't love her. I don't love her music, but she's a talented artist. She's obviously popular. Um, And also like they're, kids having fun i mean i know listen what it is so no i wasn't annoyed by it i (laughs) am trying to be mature about it okay because at first i too was like oh my gosh enough of this showing her on the screen you know Mm -hmm. what i mean but i get it it's like it's her boyfriend it's not her fault like Mm -hmm. she happens to be dating a guy that's in a football game, she's going to go watch him. If the camera exactly, is choosing exactly. to pan to her, then whatever. But I saw this really funny reel that I was laughing really hard at because it was like, I don't know if it was like during America the Beautiful or something, the the camera like panned to Taylor Swift and Blake Lively. And when they noticed that they were on the Jumbotron or whatever, they were like, oh my God. And everyone was like, are you kidding like like you're like shocked that you're on the jumbotron like shut you up you perform for millions <laughs> daily they literally were like oh my gosh like look at us it was like okay like we we're not as stupid as you guys clearly think that we are we know that you know that you're not normal people like let's just enough but whatever whatever do i still have question marks about if the relationship is fake I don't think it's fake, but I do think within the year, it's probably done. That would be my I think, prediction. I think I probably agree with you. It's going, it's burning so hot, so fast after her being in that like very, very, very private relationship mm-hmm. for so long. I'm just like, this is going to burn out. It's going to burn out. Yeah. It was funny though, because at one point in the game, Mackenzie did come sit right next to me and was watching the football game. I'm like, this is weird. I know she doesn't care about this game. And then she goes, Dad. I'm like, what's up, Mackenzie? She goes, which one is Taylor Swift's boyfriend? Oh, <laughs> Jace like, did that. Are you, 
Jace did the same thing. Like, I've actually never even really heard her use the term, like, dating or boyfriend. Like, I've never really, like, heard her say that. And she was like, oh, Taylor Swift's going to be there because her boyfriend is playing in the Super Bowl. I was like, how do you know that? And she was like, his last name is, like, Kelsey or something. It's like, his last name is, like, a girl's name. It's like Kelsey. And I was like, oh, here we go. I was like, now she's, like, all invested in this. She cares. You got to give me tips because I think Mackenzie's had like five quote unquote boyfriends up to this point. Uh, she's currently current boyfriend. She's been his girlfriend or her, his girlfriend since like first grade. So I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but apparently there, something. it's not. No, no, it's not wrong because Sheila Gregoire, who has been on this podcast several <laughs> times, who was suggested to me by your wife. She says, what does she say about that? Isn't she just like, you should make not a big deal about it. Like when they're yeah, little, we, and we don't at she all. just like not make, so it's fine. So it's just like, they do what they do. You know what I mean? Yeah, like absolutely. it just, it is what it is, but oh my goodness, it's insane. But wait, you know what I realized that we've never talked about? What? Okay. People who are listening to this, you might recognize Dustin's voice from episode. I don't know what I'm going to find it and put it in. <laughs> When we did a book chat of Daisy Jones and the Six, which is the best book ever, even though I have now come across, okay, at my, at the dance studio where my Mm -hmm. girls do dance, we like sit around the moms and like a lot of times we end up talking about books. Me and one other mom were like, we both read Daisy Jones and the Six, obsessed with it, convinced this other mom to read it. And she literally was like, uh, when does it get good? I'm like, not into it. I was like, it gets good on the first page. So I clearly, like she, she read it, she finished and she was like, it was okay. Oh, also. That's like people people who are like, oh, Harry Potter. Yeah. Not really into it. No, totally. So we never did talk about though. You watched the TV series, obviously. Yes, I did. What? Okay. We can't go into it deeply because a lot of people listening to this are going to be like, I didn't like watch it. I don't care. But just what did you think? I think I would have liked it a lot if I hadn't read the book already. Thank you. That is exactly it. And I yeah. I was confused by people who people who were obsessed with the book and then were obsessed with the TV series. That actually gave me a, a big fat question mark in my mind because here's my thing. I thought the casting was amazing. Like truly, mm-hmm. like I was like, yeah, they, they knocked it job. out of the park with these people. Like everyone was great. I thought the vibe in general was great. Was great. The, like the costumes, the set, the scenery, the music, like everything was so, so, so good. But in my opinion, they heavily botched key parts, mm-hmm. key yeah. scenes from the plot, like that to me changed the whole thing. Like I felt yes. like at the end, that whole thing, and this is going to mean nothing to people who didn't read the book, but there's this whole scene in the book where he, Billy is about to relapse and he's about to take a drink and like a fan stops him from taking a drink. And then in the show, they skipped that whole thing. And it was like, mm-hmm. And I also thought in the show, they made his his marriage to Camilla not seem that deep and meaningful. Like Camilla kind of came across as like a desperate loser in the show. Yeah, it was it was weird because I don't know. I was really curious when when the show started, how they were even going to attempt to capture the like the tension and the dynamic between. And, and I'm my memory is horrible. I'm horrible with names. Sure. But Daisy, Camilla and the guy, what's his name? Billy. Billy, Billy. right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. 
I feel like the one of the most um, powerful parts in the book was like the whole when they're recording the music in the house together. They have that moment at the piano. Did they didn't even do that in the show? Really? Did they? I don't. I don't. I thought in the show they never kissed. I, I not in the show. I thought in the book that there was never. They never crossed any physical boundary. Yeah, I can't remember. I feel like I, I feel like I remembered in the book they did kiss, but it was like minimal. Maybe. But yeah, I just like the tension there, which was the most intriguing part of the book for me, because you could really feel like the tear back and forth. Um, I just didn't get it in the show. That said, like if I think if I hadn't read the book, I would have thought the the show was pretty cool. I thought that it was very well made, very Mm -hmm. well acted, all of that stuff. I just felt that there were parts of the book that didn't they didn't do it justice. And it was upsetting to me. That, I, feel like that's I just had that with another book too. Have you read the, the newest Hunger Games book? The, no. Okay. Can you song, explain this to me? and Songbirds or whatever. Yeah. I was obsessed with Hunger Games. Okay. So mm-hmm. like I read the original series. Yeah. And I thought that the movies did an amazing job. Huge like Katniss fan all the way. What is this new thing? I don't really even understand what it is. <clears throat> so it's the story of President Snow. Before he becomes President Snow. Uh, and it's, in my opinion, it's better than the first three books. It's is it so one good. book? It's one book. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I should but read the it. Book, the book is really, I thought it was really, really, really good. And then the movie, in my opinion, not as good. I mean, it's good. Yeah. But yeah, just not the book at all. It doesn't capture, again, the like neurotic personality of of snow yeah um the movie just doesn't capture it as well so it kind of comes to like a fast conclusion you're like where did where did that come from um yeah so but so you should read it it's really really good i should read it because i think i would love it it's just like i just wonder i just wonder if we need to stop i mean we're never going to stop and we love it but like it's really hard to do a book justice. It's really, mm-hmm. really, really hard. And it's like, we need to yeah. stop always building up our hopes so high that like this movie adaptation is going to be amazing. And it's like, Never. is it though? I don't know. Yeah. Do you know that I still haven't been able to bring myself to watch Crawdads, the movie, because I'm scared oh, that it's going to upset me? Fair. No, I mean, yeah. I, I, and I see that. And it was the same thing. I delayed watching it for a long time, finally watched it and was just like, mm-hmm. I know. Because right off the bat, I don't feel like I didn't like the actress they chose for Kaya. She's gorgeous and Mm -hmm. amazing, but I didn't think she fit the description in the book. So I was like, come on. Did you guys even read the book? Like Mm -hmm. before you made the movie? It's hard to to cast when you when you have a movie like that where there's okay, there's a solitary character, tons of inner dialogue that you can explain and you can explain details that don't actually need any kind of dialogue. It, you can't do you can't that do it. in a you movie unless you just had rolling subtitles. Yeah, <laughs> which is just so lazy. Which no, yeah, totally. would, never, would never make sense. So I think maybe Hollywood needs to find a different format for movies. That Like the the um, Daisy Jones and the Six, that book was written in a way it's like, oh, I've never read a book that is like this, but this is really cool. Totally. Hollywood needs to do something similar. Find a way to make a movie. Something different. That's not just like, oh, we're watching a movie. Something different, right? That can help explain some of that stuff. But I don't know. I'm not, I wouldn't be creative enough to figure that out. Me neither. But there's smart people out there, so they should figure it out. Hello. You get paid millions of dollars to do it, guys. 
Yeah. My gosh. Absolutely. It's like the standard. <laughs> we should hold you to a high standard. You're very rich. Okay. Yeah, figure it out. Maybe like, like Bravo does, you know, with their reality TV, just make it. I can't talk to that at all. <laughs> Listen, don't cut down anybody from Bravo. Okay. Those people are geniuses <laughs> in their own right. Okay. <laughs> they are trailblazers. It's very oh trashy, but they're trailblazing a trashy path for others. And you know what? We have, we have to give it to them. We have to give it to them. Yeah. My, my only ever um, connection to a Bravo show is I may or may not have had a very minor role in the arrest of one of the housewife's husbands. Sh- very minor. Okay, my mouth is on the floor. Is it a New Jersey housewife? Because it, it does it have to do with Joe Judice? Are you not allowed to say? Literally, that's all I can say. Blink oh my. twice. There, there's no. This isn't being recorded. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's just an audio. It's an audio, so no one will ever know if you just blink yeah, twice. No or one not. will ever know. Oh my gosh! Tell me everything that you can possibly say about that situation. Go. No, I was like a brand new agent, and I literally did not know until the end, like what was happening, because it was just. You just do your job. And then afterwards, I was like, people were like, hey, you know who that is, right? I was like, not a clue. I like, I'm not from New Jersey. I'm from Seattle, Washington. I don't know what any of this stuff is. And then all of a sudden, I was like, oh, okay, well, that was a thing. Dude. <laughs> and that was it. Yeah, okay, so it. people are very confused. Tell us whatever you can about your job. What do you do for a living? So I am, uh, I'm an agent with a, a federal investigative agency. That's all I'll say, kind of like, because again, I'm not speaking on behalf of them here. Totally. my friend. That's what I'm doing the podcast for. But yeah, I am an investigator, criminal investigator for a, a federal investigative agency. Now, you were supposed to speak on a panel today. Did that get canceled because of the snow? It did because of the snow, yeah. So it got rescheduled. Um, so now it's sometime in March. Okay, so listen. The panel, when I saw the little thing for it, the whatever, yeah, yeah. the advertisement, it's like literally right at the, it's right next to the Starbucks I used to work at. And, you know, are you surprised to hear me say that I used to work at a Starbucks? Zero percent. Not at all. Why? How many times did I tell you that? What? That you used to work at Starbucks? Have I told you a lot of times? No, never. <gasps> okay. Thank you. Because that's what I was going for. Because Scott tells me, that that's like my favorite fun fact. Like that, and I say it all the time to everybody, multiple, like I'm always like, well, you know, I used to work at Starbucks, right? Like, oh, you didn't know. Oh, did you know that I used to work at Starbucks? And he's like, Caitlin, everybody knows because you tell them. It's like, it's like someone who's like, you know, what's the joke? I don't want to offend anybody, but you know the joke about CrossFitting and how it's like, you'll know if someone does CrossFit because they'll tell you within the first five minutes of meeting them. It's like, that's you with Starbucks. It's like (laughs) within five minutes of meeting someone, you're like, I used to work at Starbucks. So like, I I do know how to make a lot of course. No, I just feel like you would be the exact kind of person I would want as my barista at Starbucks. So I kind of love that. But you know what's sad is that I used to work at Starbucks, but like I wholly only drink K-cups. Like we literally just use a Keurig, Pop in the cake yeah. up and that's it. Like, I think people assume that we probably do like pour over. Da, da, da. I don't do any of that crap. Mm. So one of actually one of my, uh, I, I love coffee. Like I just said, I'm from Seattle. So I yes. can talk for the next 45 minutes on just coffee by itself. Um, but one of the like minor resolutions I made this year, it's, just, it's kind of a budget thing, but it's also just kind of, you know, what am I doing is I am not going to buy coffee 
from like I'm not going to buy coffee out from, out and about out yeah out and about look which I've up. obviously already broken multiple times but there have you're, been several victories where you're I've more aware buying, of like, it I'm not buying one I'm not buying one today or or I'll just get something cheaper but I think by and large Starbucks is probably my least favorite coffee okay it's I don't think it's good coffee. I would never, okay, I can't believe I'm saying this. I feel bad. I feel like I'm a traitor, but (laughs) I'm like, if I want coffee, I'm going to get one at Dunkin' Donuts. Like I'm Mm -hmm. not going to go to Starbucks. Now, Starbucks has a very good matcha, which we will talk Mm -hmm. about, but like, you know, they have other, other things, but wait, did you hear about this new Oliata or something or Ol I did actually. Lauren texted me and asked me if I had heard about it. She's like, "It's so good." So another thing, then this is kind of sad. Another thing that um, I started the beginning of this year was like, "Okay, I want to be very, very conscientious about my diet." Like I'm okay. turning forty two this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have the three month until my birthday. Like, let's go ahead and like, get serious. So I started cutting a bunch of stuff out. And then like reintroducing it to see like if it affected the way that I felt. Sure. When I tell you that the amount of just overall body like bloat and discomfort that I felt when I reintroduced dairy. Really? It was unbelievable. So I have been like, I'm not dairy free, but. You're aware. Yeah, I've greatly reduced the amount of like dairy that I consume. So Lauren was telling me about, I was like, oh, that sounds delicious, but it would probably kill me. Like it, Cause it's just uncomfortable. I feel so I bloated after I drink it. And, but last time I went to Starbucks, I had a matcha. I, I love matcha actually. So do that you? Was totally fine with me. Yeah, I really like it. Okay. You should try magic mind <laughs> uh, since you're on your health journey, right? Yeah. You're on a healthy journey and you like matcha magic mind. It's like a little shot. It's like, I don't know, a couple ounces. I should probably look this up. But it's like, you just order them. They come ready-made. You unscrew. You take it like a shot in the morning with your coffee or alone or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it helps like extend your energy and then you don't have that middle of the day crash. I just feel like, and I don't feel like matcha ever gives me like jitters or anxiety Mm -hmm. or whatever. And like, there's just so much like good stuff in it. There's vitamins and stuff for anxiety and stuff for inflammation and Mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. And it's so good and you should do it. And I have a 20% sh- off for you. I know. I've heard so much about have it. I definitely you? should look. Yeah. Well, I listen to your podcast. <laughs> you, you were talking in your last podcast about all the different podcasts you listen to. I listen to either historical podcasts. Boring. Like, like, I, it's just what I enjoy. Or I listen to um, like some crime podcasts sometimes. Oh, love. The only podcast like this that I listen to is yours. Like literally this is the only one. Yeah. So when it comes to magic mind, I'm informed. It's um, going to that though, like the middle of the day crash and everything. Again, with going back to the beginning of the year, when I started changing up up my diet, one of the things I also started to do is intermittent fasting. So, so I try now to not eat until lunch, like 1230. Matt's doing that too. Yeah. So what I noticed is when I was eating carbs in the morning like okay something quick let's grab a bagel that's when i would have my mid-morning crash yeah that makes but sense. now with intermittent fasting and even like i've greatly reduced even the amount of carbs that i'm taking in um i feel really good pretty much all day it's that's kind of wild. great yeah i feel like energy i come home even i'm like 
wow, I don't feel exhausted right now. I feel like I can function. I can do what I need to do. Um, so even my coffee um, intake has been pretty reduced. I'll have a cup in the morning and then maybe I'll have one more where really I, I used to be like five cups a day. And oh that would my be gosh. pretty, pretty normal. Yeah. That's a lot. Well, I'm that's good like that you reduced coffee. it so much. I mean, but I love coffee. It's co- I'm I'm Me drinking too. a decaf right now just because I it's comforting. Yeah. So maybe this maybe this doesn't like this negates intermittent fasting. I don't think it does. So the only thing I will have every morning, I have coffee and then I have water with lemon and a tablespoon of white chia seed. And what the heck awesome. is a white chia seed? I never heard of that. It's chia seed, only it's a white chia seed. I don't know. I got it from another book that I had read where there's like this tribe in Mexico, Born to Run. Have you ever heard of that book? Yeah. Yeah. So they drink that apparently and it gives you good energy, but it's just, it's like a lot of good fiber, omega, but wait, um, omega fatty acids. You're putting seeds in your water. So is it like, yeah. Ew. But like, so what, do you have to just chug it? It's not like you're sipping it. No, I sip it. So chia, if you put it in water, it actually, this is actually just going to make it sound grosser. It actually starts to like gum up a little, like they get like little jelly, almost like tiny, tiny boba. boba? Yeah. Which I'm not a fan of boba, but these, yeah, again, it's like, I don't drink it for the, the taste necessarily or the texture, although I don't mind it at all, but um, I, I definitely like, I left the, I left a cup of it on my desk over the weekend because chia seeds is what they use in chia pets. Like it's the same thing. Oh my gosh. I never knew that. So, so over the weekend I came back and I opened the cup. It was like alive. Out. They had sprouted. Oh, no, you're joking. You're my, joking. You're joking. I swear to oh you. Oh my gosh. I'm so grossed out. I'm so grossed out. The inside of my cup, they look like little alfalfa sprouts. No, like, ew. Oh, this is, this is weird. This is what I'm putting in my body. And you know what I did? I drank another cup of it because it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's really gross. I didn't know that's what they use in a chia pet. Yeah, chia seeds. So wait, is a white chia seed different than a a, a black one? Like, I honestly, I have no idea what the difference is. Like, I should try some black chia seeds. Um, I just only I picked the white chia seed because that's the actual seed that the the tribe uses in Mexico. Sure. So I was like, all right, well, if they're saying it helps, I'm going to get exactly what they say. Of it course. Was cheap. I mean, I think I got a pound of it for like 12 bucks or something oh. like that. I mean, it's not expensive at all. What are you on the Enneagram? You're a two, right? I'm a two. Do I'm you... a rare male two. Is that rare? <clears throat> it's the rarest for males. Yeah. Now, wait, do you wing, do you feel like you wing one or do you feel like you wing three? I wing one. Ah, okay. Yeah, because the yeah. reason that I thought that is because you were like, well, I just decided to get the white one because that's the one they did in the book. So like, yeah. I'm just going to go because that's how I would think. Like, I would just be mm-hmm. like, I if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it. And I'm, I'm going to do, do it right. the correct way. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, nope, I wing one. I'm a two. But a lot of times people like when I we were very first did the Enneagram stuff, everybody's like, oh, you're definitely going to be an eight. You're definitely going to be an eight. Oh, and eight is the dominant one. Eight, eight is like the, uh, yeah, kind of like more authoritarian type. <clears throat> so I think eight was my second highest number, but eight is actually what twos go to when they're unhealthy. Oh, so that so makes, okay. It makes total sense because I, for a long time, I was a very unhealthy two. And so I would be more okay. just directive because when you feel like you're not getting what you need, you just direct it. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I definitely after reading everything it's like oh yeah i'm a, i'm a two i'm just an unhealthy two 
<laughs> do you and Kate, so for those of you who don't remember, Kate Doyle, his wife, was on here talking about the Enneagram. Like, she is a certified coach. Do you guys mm-hmm. talk about the Enneagram just like, all the t- like, I feel like everything that I ever did, I would be like, tell me what this means according to my Enneagram. Yeah. So we, we had a stretch where we were talking about it a ton and now it's just become kind of routine. I mean, yeah, she's yeah, yeah. very good because she is much more um, educated on it than I am with just like, I could say, oh, well, I'm an Enneagram type two, mm-hmm. but she knows like subtypes. She sure. knows, um, there's another phrase and she would know it. I don't remember what it is, but so she can actually further kind of dissect what it is that I'm feeling or why I'm acting the way that I'm acting, mm-hmm. um, based on some of that other stuff. Not just like, Oh, well, you're a two. So you're doing this. Right. It's more like, Oh, well this is because this is your subtype. You're a social subtype. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's like social one-on-one and then there's another one that's like introverted. So it's funny because I was asking her if she had listened to your and Caroline's podcast. And I was like, does that make sense that she's a seven? And she was like, yeah, it actually does make a lot of sense because of this. Like the seven shares a lot of traits with the, like one of the other types that she was considering. So, um, but it's really telling like when she read hers uh, and she goes, oh, that really tracks with me. That makes a yeah. ton of sense. So no, totally. she was able to right away be, be like, yep, that makes actually sense that she would track that way, but think she was something else initially. So, well, and then I ended up getting into a conversation with Kate about it, about the Caroline thing. And like, I, we were talking about it and I was like, you know, what's so interesting about the Enneagram? Cause this just came up with what you said, how everyone thought you were an eight, but you were like, well, it's mm-hmm. just cause I was an unhealthy two at the time. Mm-hmm. If someone is going through a period of time in their life where they are really unhealthy, but maybe not able to identify it and then mm-hmm. are having trouble being honest with themselves about certain things, they're not going to be able to cor- correctly identify their Enneagram number because it's like, right? Like yeah. that would be really well, I, hard. I guess it depends on how self-aware you are. Like I totally. think I knew for a long time that I was unhealthy. Like okay. I could tell in my mentality and how I just felt about things in general. Like this isn't right how I'm yeah. feeling. So that when I did the Enneagram, in red, like through the, I don't, I can't remember if we've ever discussed this. Like I read through the weaknesses of an okay. Enneagram two yeah. and I cried because uh, it was just like, Oh, okay. Like this is really hitting. This yeah. is why I'm feeling this. This makes a lot of sense. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think you have to be really self-aware to identify when you're in a weakened state, like, okay, I'm going to take an Enneagram test. You just take it and you identify as sure. your weak, your weakened state. But, um, Yeah. It's fascinating. I love the Enneagram. I think it's so useful for so many things. You and Kate got married when you were how old? I was 23 and she was 20, uh, 20. Yeah. 23 and 20. And so how long have you guys been married? 20 years? No, we've been married. This year will be our 19th wedding anniversary. That's a long time. Am I, am I getting this right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Aiden just turned 18. Or maybe I'm really bad with dates. If we got married in 2005, yeah, because I don't know. I can't do uh, that. 2025 will be our 20 year anniversary. So Aiden's 18, your oldest. He just turned, he just turned 18. Yeah. So if he, so Kate got married when she was 20. So if in two mm-hmm. years he was like, I'm going to marry my girlfriend, would you be like, 
please do not do that? Or would you be like, that's great, man. Like where, like, do you, like, what is your vibe? Like, what is your take on like getting married super young? Oh, I love this. Um, <laughs> so I love it. And I think, so you, like, I grew up in a very, very, and Kate as well, grew up in the independent fundamental Baptist environment, right? Which mm-hmm. if you haven't watched Let Us Pray, the documentary on Netflix yet, you absolutely should. It's very good. Um, I don't know. Well, if, I don't think I've watched it. It's horrible, but it's about like the, the I'll just say IFB, the independent fundamental Baptist uh, movement and some of the like controversies and stuff that they hid. And um, anyway, just watch that. Yeah. We yeah, both yeah. grew up in that. It's very sheltered. It's very much like, you know, you don't date, you don't, um, you meet the one that you are going to marry and then you court and then yeah, you yeah, marry yeah. them. And that's essentially what Kate and I did. Now, obviously, it worked out, right? Yeah. Like we're coming up on 20 years. We both actually still really like each other. Like, we love you. We're, we're good. Yeah. We're healthy. But our marriage has not been without its, like, severely stressful and, um, like, traumatic moments, honestly. Yeah. Because when you grow up so sheltered, like, there's a lot of stuff that you don't even think to discuss you don't even think to consider it's just like oh well this is my person and i'm i'm not a believer in like there's one person out there for everybody i think that you can make it work with probably anybody so going back to your question um i think that aiden has had a good foundation where if he were to say i'm going to marry my girlfriend at 20 i'd be like awesome bud go for it Mm -hmm. but that's because i think that he has the education and the knowledge that like I didn't have about mm-hmm. relationships and what to expect and all that. That said, because of that education and relationship, I don't think he will get married at 20. Right. Just because I think he'll be, he'll know that like, Hey, there's more to like, there, I need to look for some stuff, but mm-hmm. like he, he is, has been in several relationships throughout high school. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like working on one right now that he had been, I mean, long story. I don't want to get into his business. Sure, he's sure. a whole grown. He's an adult now, but, um, if he told me in two years that he's going to marry the girl that he's interested in right now, mm-hmm. I'd be thrilled. She's yeah. an awesome person. He's an awesome person. Um, but yeah, it's, that's not something that I would encourage for a lot of people because obviously marrying young has its challenges. It's very, um, th- there's just a lot that I think even at 20 years old, your brain isn't fully developed. Right. You don't, yeah, you don't understand everything's going on. And Kate and I talk about that all the time. Like we basically grew up together. Like we Absolutely. raised each other in some ways because all these life lessons that we didn't have, um, we were forced to learn. And that was a, a huge, we, that was a huge product of the fact that as soon as we got married, we moved 800 miles away from the closest relatives. Like we <sighs> had nobody, uh, no family near us. And actually, we still don't have family near us. We haven't yeah. had family live near us for our entire marriage. But when you like, I so saw I was in the military before um, yeah. my current job. So when the military says you're moving to Georgia and you're going to live there for three years, you just do it. Of course. And on top of that, Aiden was a, a straight up a honeymoon baby. Yeah. So it's like you're moving 800 miles away. You just got married. It's a brand new job. Oh, Dude. and by the way, in about nine months, you're going to have an addition to your family. Yeah. So yeah, there's just a lot there that it's it, there's challenges to overcome, but I think there's there's some beautiful lessons in it as well that would be I mean what you could talk about that for a whole totally 5 6 7 hours. 
I mean, um, you guys really are like a wonder to me, honestly, because it's like you got married young. And like you said, like you had like very sheltered type childhood. So it's like yeah. the, the, you, the learning curve was steep. You had a baby right away. You moved away mm-hmm. from family immediately. You had two other kids not long after. And didn't you, you were gone for long stretches, no? Yeah. So for the, I, we actually did the math because it was never at like one stretch. There were stretches of like a few months here, a few months there, a few weeks here. Um, but I think in the first three years that we were married, I was gone for 13 months of them. Ooh, and the so, show. Yeah. Uh, so a long time, but, and it's funny too, because I know like people who don't know us and like hear this and especially like people that I grew up with, like there were tons of people who got married young and stayed married totally, their whole yeah. lives. But I would like severely question how happy they were. Totally. And actually like down the line, you, you see, oh, they weren't happy at all. Or you can just see the looks in some of their faces where, of course, like, well, this is just what God mandated, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but Kate and I are like legitimately happy. And it's because we went through those growing pains together and we had real conversations with each other about like, man, I don't think this would have happened if this hadn't happened. Mm-hmm. Like if we hadn't, if we had been more mature, like would we even gotten married? Yeah. And sometimes the answer is like, I don't know, maybe yeah. not. Like, right. Yeah. Like maybe we wouldn't have, because maybe um, we were just seeing something different or this thing about me would have annoyed you. And we would just be like, ah, we don't have to deal with that. Yeah. But I think like the, the, the base of the beautiful story is that when it comes to relationships, um, it's, it's a choice. Yeah. Love is an emotion in this initially. Right. And then after a certain amount of time, it's an emotion, but it's deeply rooted in this choice that you make that I'm going to stay committed to this person. And I'm extremely fortunate because Kate is the kind of person who is very Mm self-sacrificial. She's very like giving and loving. And, uh, I think if you asked her, like I do my best to reciprocate that. Mm -hmm. So we both put the work into it Mm -hmm. and you go like, Oh, well, is this like your perfect person? Well, I, I would say yes, because Mm -hmm. we've both chosen, chosen to make each other that perfect person. Like Mm -hmm. she has strength that um that i don't have i have strengths mm-hmm. that she doesn't have and like corresponding weaknesses so it's it's a it, yeah it's cool it's kind of like yeah it amazes like you say it shocks i it shocks me sometimes mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense at all but thank god i mean we got some a great family we have great friends and yeah i'm well, very very happy about it so and it's crazy because it like so we're talking about like okay you guys got <clears throat> married young, mm-hmm. you had a baby right away. Da, da, da. What people might not realize like is, so you guys have an 18 year old and you yes. also have an infant. 11 months old. Yeah. Like <laughs> that. So <laughs> it's not like you left your challenging times in the past is what I'm saying. It's not like yeah. you guys were like the first few years were hard, but the rest has been smooth sailing. Like well, not really. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think maybe we thought we had left the challenging times of the past and then yeah. God went like, nah, we got some more stuff for you. <laughs> um, just because, yeah, so we had Aiden very young. Uh, then we decided at that point, like, listen, we don't want this huge gap mm-hmm. between our, our kids. So if we have kids, we're going to have them all, you know, at the close to the same time. So uh, we had we had Aiden 
Um, Kate actually had a miscarriage between Aiden and Kai, oh. uh, a miss miscarriage. I remember you talked oh. about on your oh, last yeah. podcast. So that was a fairly traumatic experience. Um, then we had Kai. He's an awesome kid. Then we had Shane. And those are our natural born children. Mm-hmm. And Kate had, since the time we got married, I mean, even before when we were dating, Kate talked about how she was very interested in fostering, adopting. Um, her mom had been adopted. So it was just always like she yeah, had yeah. something mm-hmm. in her. And I was like, yeah, I mean, if that's the path that we go down and that's the path that we get led down, absolutely, I'm for it. So when we finally settled, it's hard to do that in the military because you move every three years, right? So as soon as we yeah. got here with this job and we knew we were going to be here for an extended period of time, mm-hmm. uh, we started looking into the foster care uh, process. So I think if Kenzie's eight and Shane is, so Shane was probably about six. Okay. When we, when we finally started, so we've been in Jersey about two, three years now. We knew we were mm-hmm. here for a while at that point. Sure. Like, all right, let's start looking into it. So we actually initially looked into like straight up adoption mm-hmm. and didn't I mean the best way to say it is like we didn't love the vibe like we went to some of these meetings and people are like oh I want this kid from this country this gender and we're like I don't know if we, and when on top of that international adoption is phenomenally expensive yeah um phenomenally and expensive. so you have to have a very particular type of lifestyle a lot of times like you have to go overseas for like months at a time like not everyone's yeah, job yeah. is gonna like let them do that and plus you like had three young children like that's a mm-hmm. that's a thing like that's a whole so thing it's people who can do that who can pay that money and have the time to do all that like obviously that's of amazing. course that's yes. phenomenal but we were just able we saw like there's a need here in new jersey like sure. obviously there's kids in the foster system so we um Signed up for that. And I think Kate probably talked about this when she was on your podcast a little bit. But uh, so we just said like, okay, well, you know, we didn't really have a choice in the kid that God gave us natural born. You know, Mm -hmm. we didn't know if they were going to be boy or girl. So when we decided to foster, it was kind of the same thing. We, the only thing we said is we didn't want to disrupt the birth order. Yes. So zero, I think zero to three years old was also our, our age range. Mm -hmm. Um, Any gender didn't matter. Mm -hmm. The only thing that we couldn't really deal with in our home would be like a severe mental or physical handicap just because we weren't equipped for it either in our home or because we already had three kids and we yes. didn't want to detract from, we didn't want to take anything from them, mm-hmm. uh, from the three kids we already had in order totally. to care for, for one. Right. And the people, well, I do have friends who um, adopt and foster exclusively like a kids who do have mental physical. And that is like, there's mm-hmm. a special place in heaven for those. Totally. People, yeah, that yeah. is, that's a very, very difficult thing to do. Um, so yeah, we, we were told right off the, right off the bat, you guys are going to get, you know, probably a two-year-old African-American boy just because that's what's available. That, that's what we have in New Jersey. Yeah. And it was cool because like, okay, I guess we're going to be a boy family, right? Yeah, like, yeah. it's just how this works, you know? Hashtag and, boy mom. Yeah, hashtag boy mom. And Kate was like, all right, like, I really want a girl, but mm-hmm. if that's what God gives us, that's what God gives us. And both of our placements... Um, we had one placement before McKenzie and it was very temporary. The mom just had like minor issues. The kid mm-hmm. went back like almost immediately. And then our second placement was McKenzie. Mm-hmm. And so we were, uh, we were designated as a foster to adopt family. Mm-hmm. And so the mindset was just, we will foster her for as mm-hmm. long as we possibly can. If it gets to that point where there is a termination of parental rights, we'll adopt her. Okay. And so that's how that happened. We adopt McKenzie. And so at that point, we're like, okay, well, this is hard. Yeah. That was eight years ago. Yeah. So we're like, at this point, smooth sailing. Yeah. Our kids, like, we can go out at night. Yes. The boys can watch Kenzie. Everything is 
easy. Yep. Kate, Kate went back to work. Yeah, Kate went back to work, and she loved that job. Like yep. she, she was the preschool teacher at you know Emerson. Yep, she uh, had school, Emerson she in her class. Yep, yeah, she loved it. And it's a crazy story. I'm literally at my oldest son's lacrosse game. I'm watching him play lacrosse. And I get a phone call and I answer every phone call. Like, I, I didn't recognize the number, but I answer every phone call that comes to me just because of my job. That's um, a little psychotic. Wow. I don't know anyone who just picks up. Yeah. You, so even on your personal cell phone, you pick up any phone number? Everything. Everything. Yeah. Wow. That's what I do. Yeah. I love so every that phone for call you. I pick up. Wow. Okay. So I picked it up and it was DCPMP. And I, I just assumed they're like, hey, this is so-and-so from DCPP. And I assumed it had something to do with Mackenzie, like sure. updates to her file. Like she'd been adopted for eight years, but yeah. whatever. They're still in contact periodically. Uh, hey, what's going on? Hey, we're just wondering if you guys are um, willing to uh, take in a foster kid right now. And I'm like, oh, you know, we're not even certified anymore. Like, like our you let it lapse. Yeah. lapsed. Yeah, it lapsed. Um, so no, we're not really uh, looking to, to foster right now. Thank you. And she's like, oh, well, I'm actually calling you because it's like a unique situation. It's a family placement. This is your uh, adopted daughter. This is Mackenzie's biological cousin. <sighs> so at that point, it was just kind of like, I knew right away, like, oh, well, this is a yes. Like, mm-hmm. this is going to happen. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I got to talk to my wife when you guys need an answer by. They said, well, she's in the hospital right now, but she's getting released on um, Monday. And this was a Thursday. So, uh, I'm like, okay, let me, let me talk to my wife. I'll give you guys a call back, uh, tomorrow. So, uh, finished my son's lacrosse game. Uh, we actually had like a career fair that night. <laughs> so I was You're just like going about life. School. Yeah. Yeah. Going about life. When, uh, I obviously called Kate and she was like, oh my goodness. We got home. We talked about it. We both just looked at each other. Like this is a yes, right? Like we, this is not a situation where we say no. Mm. <clears throat> and, uh, we said yes, and and we went and visited um, Millie in the hospital on Saturday. Uh, I went briefly to visit her in the hospital after church on a Sunday, and they dropped her off at her house on Monday. And it went from Dude. three kids where the oldest was, or the youngest was seven years old, to mm-hmm. five kids where the mm-hmm. youngest was two weeks old. And it was like, what just happened? Like, yeah. <laughs> it was um like a beyond a mental shock so yeah actually i told you i had two beasts with you this oh. is the second beef i have oh no in your in your last podcast you asked your guest it's like oh so do you have a job or are you like just a stay-at-home mom oh you're right why would i say that but i'm why a stay-at-home mom <laughs> i know <laughs> for the first three well and so i will give props when it's time <clears throat> for the first three, like we, we wouldn't have been able to do, and this was kind of a blessing because Kate was still working at the time. Yeah. But, um, my organization last year or maybe a couple years ago passed a policy where now we have, per, um, parental leave for paternity leave. For, Amazing. For, for so I had 12 weeks of paternity leave where I could just say, Hey guys, I'm not coming to work. I called my boss and said, this is the situation. She was very cool about it. Talked to her boss. Everybody mm-hmm. was in line, which which was a big deal because in my organization, yeah. I am the only person who does my job. So it's not like if I stepped out, somebody else was going to do it. Sure. Nobody was going to do my job. 
Yeah. Um, so they were very cool. They said, we completely understand. Let us know when you're coming back. And I was like, wow. okay, it's going to be sometime in, when does school in June? Yeah. 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 So I'm like, well, it'll be like the first week of June, I think. And this was April, right? Yeah. So, so Kate could keep working through the school Kate year working, and you yeah. would take off to be with the baby. Yeah. And wow. so for the first, what, two and a half months, I was stay-at-home dad with the, the two-week-old baby. And <sighs> it is what... What stay-at-home moms do, do not even get me started that it is not a full-time job. Like, I understand that it's not paid, Mm -hmm. but the things that stay-at-home moms do are infinitely more important than anything I will ever do in my job. And I would say, and I think people would agree, like, well, I have a pretty prestigious job. I have a pretty Mm -hmm. important job and I do, Mm -hmm. but being a stay at home mom is like, I just have so much respect for the women who do that Mm -hmm. and the, the things that they are able to give to the kids, give to the family because they are in that, because they are at home. Mm -hmm. It, I I know for me and my family, it's been such a huge blessing and Mm -hmm. not to say that the moms who do go to work and, and, and work are not doing phenomenal things as well. But it's, I used to have this mindset of like, okay, when I'm like, I'm at work, Mm -hmm. you're at work because you're at home. And then when we come home, we combine and we tag team it. We're both working together. Right. Yeah. That's not accurate. Mm -hmm. The mom is at work. And then when I come home from work, the mom is still at work. I know. And that yep. mental shift of never leaving the environment that is your workspace. Yes. That's hard because totally. it's hard to, it's hard to, you can't just, when Scott comes home, you can't just be like, okay, my shift just ended. Bye. Now we're a family. Yes. No, yeah. you didn't leave. Like the kids yeah. still want you. The kids are still like, I can be sitting right there. Mm-hmm. And Mackenzie's like, mom mom and she's like in the bathroom upstairs i'm like legitimately right here yes you could you could ask me truly yeah a hundred percent everything from just taking care of the kids by itself would Mm -hmm. be enough but taking care of the the kids the laundry the house Mm -hmm. the appointments the food like all of that combined um yeah, never again should you say, do you have a job or are you just a stay-at-home mom? You're right. Thank you for calling mom, me out on that. Thank you. Only is it a full-time job. I would argue it is the most important job that anybody can do. So Thank congratulations you. to you on having that. You were a Starbucks employee <laughs> and you're a stay-at-home mom. You know you what? about both of those things. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, no, I mean, and that was incredible. Like that was wild. Cause I just remember Kate was Emerson's teacher at the time. And mm-hmm. it was literally like on Friday, it was like, bye, see you later. And then like, there she was on Monday. Like they dropped a baby off at my house. Like mm-hmm. I now have a newborn and like I had yeah. a newborn at the time and I knew how overwhelmed I was. And I was like, I just had three. I was like, you now have five children at your house yeah. that you are caring for. Like, holy moly. Like, I yeah, felt well, stressed for you. Yeah, and even with Mackenzie, like, it wasn't a nine-month labor, like, a nine-month pregnancy, labor delivery, all that. Um, it was quicker than that, but we were prepping for it, right? Yes. Like, we knew what was coming. We knew what to expect. So when they called us and said we have a placement, it wasn't a shock, Right. Totally. With this one, it was... You weren't even foster parents anymore. Di- no, it was three days and boom, you have a baby. 
And like this last year has been, I mean, again, this is something I could talk about for a long time. I don't think there's ever been a more like mentally taxing, stressful, depressing time in my life yeah. than this past year. It's been awesome. Millie's like amazing. And that's hard to say because like everybody, one of the things that always bothered me or just kind of made me frustrated when I told them about Millie and they're like, oh my gosh, congratulations. And I just want to be like, I feel like a jerk, but that's not the right word. Okay. What would be the right word? I don't even know what the right word would be. I had one friend who, when I told them, wasn't like, oh my goodness, congratulations. It was a he. He actually called me. He's like, bro are you okay? Yeah. That's, that's the right response. Like, are you okay? Because as wonderful and as beautiful as the situation is, that's a stress to be like, all of a sudden, this was my life. This was planned. I had date nights. Mm -hmm. I was going to bed at like a normal time every night. I was sleeping all the way through the night. The job was on track. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's just like, here, let's, let's do this disruption. And it's a beautiful, adorable disruption. Of what course. is a disruption? It's right? a disruption. So I think that's the right thing. Just like, wow, how, how are you? That's that's intense. Because I mean, yeah. those, and we we had more conversations with more people. Of course, who obviously understood that kind of stuff. I mean, Lauren was there. She would come over regularly when I was yeah. home just to sit with Millie, so I could go shower or whatever. Yeah. So people like Lauren were were godsends, um, and then people who just talk and are like you guys doing all right? You need yeah. And sometimes it wasn't even about needing anything because mm-hmm. we, I mean, we didn't have anything, but we didn't need stuff. We could buy formula diapers, cribs, whatever she sure. needed. <clears throat> it was really more just like that mental support yes. that um, is really craved during that time. Just people knowing, Hey, this is, this is a really cool thing you're doing, but this is a really hard thing you're doing. Are you all right? Yeah. Because it's like, I kind of chuckled at the very beginning when you said like, oh, like Aiden was a honeymoon baby and we decided we didn't want a big age gap between our kids. And now it's like, you literally have your oldest is 18 and your youngest is not even one. Like that. Yeah. I I was teasing Aiden because my mom had me when she was 17. And I told Aiden, I was like, hey, Aiden, if you want, you can just adopt Millie. This could be your first. He's like, that's okay, dad. I'm good. Oh my gosh. All right. So you have to answer this for us. What's harder, the teenagers or the baby? We're so in the baby thing right now. Like I would have to ask the answer baby. Teenagers have their own difficulties, right? But they also have their own like ease because Aiden can drive himself. Like if he wants to go somewhere or he needs to go somewhere, he gets in his car and he drives himself. Yes. Millie, I'm pulling floor Cheerios and dust bunnies out of her mouth. Like, I don't have to do that with Aiden anymore, thank God. Yes. Um, so, yeah, right now, definitely the baby. Definitely the baby's harder. Um, that actually encourages so. me. Because don't you feel like usually people are like, if you're like complaining about the baby stage being hard, they're like, you just wait till your kids are teenagers. It's going to be so yeah. much worse. You're going to want to die. And we're always like, Everybody oh. likes to like talk about why their life is harder, I think. It's, yeah, <laughs> that's say, true. Just wait. Just wait. You have no idea. I'm like. And and it's we get all the time like with with Millie now people are like oh my gosh is this your first baby and it's like what <laughs> if you only knew <laughs> or the people who give advice like oh you just just one person did actually say to Kate like oh well, just wait till they get older she's <laughs> like I like, know I have an adult child <laughs> shut up 
Yeah, at a certain point, it's not even worth the conversation. You're just like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll wait until they I get was older. just going to say, I feel like if you're walking through ShopRite and you have Millie with you and someone makes a comment like that, you just have to be like, yeah, like, what is the point? Like, you're not going to be like, actually, I have four other kids at home. This is a foster. Like, it's just, what's the point? Well, well next time it happens, I'm just going to be like, let me give you a link to this podcast I was just on. And also... A code Absolutely. for magic mind. <laughs> Absolutely. There you go. <laughs> You're not going to find anything in this shop, right? That is going to keep you as awake and as refreshed throughout the day as magic mind. Will. As magic mind and go to magicmind.com slash what else and put in code. What else? 20 for 20% off. I it's way cheaper than Red Bull. Uh, Yes. I literally at the dance studio the other day, like someone was like, gosh, like I've just been so tired or something. And I was like, oh, actually, I was like, if you want, <laughs> I can help you. You should just keep, you just keep them in your person. I really should. Like I should samples. just be passing yeah, yeah. them out. Like I was like, I can help you out with that. Like, hello. <laughs> oh my goodness. But has Millie been sleeping for you guys? She's actually been over the, the past week, um, maybe even two weeks sporadically she'll still still wake up in the middle of the night but she has been giving us like if she goes down i think she went down at about 8 30 tonight um she'll usually sleep until about seven tomorrow morning so yes that's a a game changer oh it's a game changer huge it's huge but you and kate were always on the same page like there was there was never a time like during those three days like when they called and they said like oh Mm -hmm. you want to take this baby was it ever and you don't have to say if you don't want to but like was there a point where it was like one of you was like i really don't want to do this like and the other one was like we should like sure no there wasn't but i mean i think that there's two questions there i think both of us were like we really don't want to do this but that's, right. is it, that's the human reaction to <clears throat> an event that is going to completely change your lives. Upend that everything. You have, that you have three days to plan for, right? Like, oh, God, I don't, this isn't the, the battle I was looking for at this moment. Like, I appreciate the consideration, but we'll pass on this one. Mm-hmm. This was just, again, I told you, much like with, um, like with the jobs and with Aiden, like we just kind of look and see okay, well, what's the door? Like, Mm -hmm. is there a door here that God is asking us to walk through? Uh, And with this one, we both just strongly felt like this is a door that that God is asking us to walk through. And the thought of, I mean, selfishly, the thought of Millie, somebody who is Kinsey's blood relative being out there with another family, but we don't know if we would ever have contact with her. Mm -hmm. Um, That's really sad. And the fact that, um, I mean, there's more background. Like Millie has other siblings who are out there. This isn't the first child that's been taken from this mother. Mm. Um, and they weren't able to take Millie. So it's like, well, now Millie is not only going to be with her brothers, she's mm-hmm. not going to be with her cousin. Yeah. We get the opportunity to give her three amazing brothers, mm-hmm. uh, a big sister who will absolutely adore her. Obsessed. And yeah. is it going to be difficult? Absolutely. Like, yes, very difficult. Do you want to do this? Mm-hmm. No. But like we, like you don't, who wants to get pregnant on their honeymoon? Right. Nobody. Yeah. Like nobody is dreaming about, man, right out the gate as newlyweds, mm-hmm. what should we do? Travel, be newlyweds. Yeah. Do your thing. Like nobody's like, we should prep for a baby. That right. Would be, right that away. Would be cool. Yeah. But, but so, and I love kind of that our, our children to this point, like, I don't know what else God has in store. Like to this point have been bookend by complete unexpected miracles really like Aiden I would not have done it differently for the world Mm -hmm. and I think that's the beauty of um kind of 
God's plan for people is like, he doesn't always give you the answers why he just asks you to trust like what his story is for you. Mm -hmm. Um, and with Aiden, it was, it was like a forced trust. Like, yes, we're going to trust that this is the right thing. Mm -hmm. He's awesome. And with Millie, it's kind of the same thing. So it's Mm -hmm. difficult, but we also have a lot of excitement about, Oh, what is this going to look like? Like, what is this going to look like four years down the road? Let's be honest in five years, I'll have two kids. Mm-hmm. You're right. That's, the rest of them will the be change. gone. Yeah. The rest of them will be either in college, like in mm-hmm. college or, or probably out of the house. Yeah. So I would go from basically, okay, in five years from now, I would have had just one kid in mm-hmm. McKenzie or two kids, which honestly sounds like light work at this point. Totally. <laughs> so, and they'll play so, with yeah, each other. I'm, yeah. 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 I really love how you said that though. That's really pretty that it's like, it's, that's really pretty. I sound like a child, but it's like, it's just really (laughs) beautiful. Like to think about like how it's like you have five kids. The first one was a total surprise. The last one Mm -hmm. was a total surprise. And like Mm -hmm. this thus makes you up your family. You know what I mean? Like, and here they are. Yeah. It's, I think crazy. So stressed in it's human nature. This Mm -hmm. is what we want to be able to control our outcomes. Mm -hmm. And when we have things that don't align with what our expectations are, whether it's career, family, like these things upset us and frustrate us. And I mean, you understand that better than most people. You've had a very traumatic Mm -hmm. past year. And like, this is just stuff that you can't expect. You never Mm -hmm. thought you were going to deal with this, right? Mm -hmm. And you, in the moment when you look at it, you go like, why? Like Mm -hmm. what's happening? This makes no sense. Mm -hmm. And it's often until like I when we found out we were pregnant with Aiden, we cried. Like we yeah. were sad about yeah. it. And down the line, you look and you go, "Wow, God really did something with with that." Mm. And in the moment, I think there's so many things in life that we can look at and go, "I don't, I don't understand that." And I think that's a that's totally allowed. People mm-hmm. should do that and go, "Totally, this doesn't make sense. This was not what I wanted. Mm-hmm. This is not what I expected." This was, um, in my my opinion, like this was a cruel thing to do. Mm-hmm. And down the line, you look back and go, "Oh, that really, that really worked out well mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. long run." Um, and I think that's happened with us with with kids with moves. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, and again, I know we're running out of time, but um, like we weren't supposed to be in New Jersey even for this job. Like, really? I mean, we shouldn't. No, I should not. So one of the rules of my agency is whatever office you do your your initial processing out of, mm-hmm. you do not go back to that office. Like that's just the rule. And oh. it's to prevent people from going back to offices where they have a lot of connections. Okay. And then it makes you like a target for corruption uh, because you have a bunch of buddies there that you do favors for, things like that. Okay. That's, that's kind of the, the, um, the idea behind it. So... I processed here out of New Jersey. So the one office I should not have gone back to is New Jersey. And when I was finished with the process, there was a hiring freeze. I moved my family back to Washington state and oh. the guy who was doing my application. Yeah. For about a, well, I was there for eight months. They were there for like a year and a half. Um, the guy who was processing my application said, Hey, I, I have to move your process to Seattle, which I found out later was not true at all. He could have kept my process in New Jersey, but because he moved my process to Seattle, even though I did 0% of my processing out of Seattle, Mm -hmm. nothing when we got our assignments 
they sent me back to New Jersey, which is the one office that if I had stayed processed out of New Jersey, I would not have gone back to. And if we had not gone back to New Jersey, we wouldn't have Kenzie. We of wouldn't course. have Millie. Like none of that would. And we were very like, I was whatever about it. Cause like I said, I kind of try to go with the flow of things. Mm-hmm. But Kay was very upset. Like she did not want to come back to New Jersey. No, I don't blame her. No offense. I just mean and like, now, no offense to yeah. Jersey, but I just mean like Seattle sounds so lovely. Beautiful. And two people from my class went to Seattle. So we're like, yeah, great. Like this is yeah. the one place now I can't go. But, um, but yeah, again, like it was just a, a, a personally devastating thing. Sure. Right? Like, okay. We started out our marriage with a pregnancy. Now, yeah. like now we're going back to Jersey, like the one place that is again, thousands of miles away from my family, yeah. hundreds of miles away from hers. And we didn't want to go here. And God's like, just wait. Yeah. I, got, I got cool stuff for you. Like yeah. you don't even know yet. So uh, yeah, it's pretty wild. That is wild. It really is crazy to think about that though, because like you said, it's not like you guys did international adoption. Like you did foster care, which is through the state mm-hmm. that you're in. Yeah. So it's like, if you were yep. not in New Jersey, you would not have met these children that you have, you know, zero percent chance, which is just so crazy. Yeah. Man, <laughs> oh man. Really wild. That really is. So do you guys think that you're New Jersey lifers? Do you like it now? Yeah, we, I think we are New Jersey lifers. Um, we, we've had some situations like in the very recent, um, past where it looked like we had options to move other places. And when we sat down and considered, it was cool because we had been talking about like, maybe it's time to move just like that unsettled feeling. Mm -hmm. Like it'd be nice to live near family. It'd be nice to go someplace else where it was just easier because Mm -hmm. we could drop kids off. And we, there were some things that happened recently where that option presented itself. And then in the light of that option actually having presented itself, we realized we're very happy here. Mm. Like we have a good life here. And and until we were able to see that the other thing was potentially an option. Sure. Yeah. Because when it's not an option, you just idealize it. You romanticize it. This would be so much better. Yeah. But then when it was an option, we really, we really sat down and talked about it. We're like, this we we our kids are happy here. We mm-hmm. have two beautiful girls who were born here and still have some family in the area that yeah. like if you know they get healthy, we would love to reconnect with them. Totally. We have great friends here. Um the pizza and food is I like mean phenomenal. the pizza and the bagels uh, alone. Come on, I mean, come hello. On. That is that's actually what pushed it over the edge. I was like, we're never gonna get this New York style crust. You can't get this crust else. anywhere else. Yeah, nowhere else. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. So I think we'll be in New Jersey. I mean, again, I didn't think we'd have five kids uh, a year ago. Yeah. So who so freaking I would, knows? I can say right now that we'll. Yeah. I think we're gonna be in New Jersey for a long time. Who knows what's gonna happen in a year? I'll have two more children. We'll be living in Belize like, or something. I don't Holy know. Holy moly. If you have two more children <laughs> in a year, I will die for you. <laughs> oh, Caitlin, if we have two more children in a year, I think I will die myself. Yeah, I no, you will. <laughs> <laughs> if we have two more children, I'm just going to like drop one off on your doorstep and be like, surprise, Merry Christmas. Look, here she is. is. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, the good thing is you're biological children are old enough now that you can just pass them off. Like you're just going to tell them. Yeah. yeah. This is your, this is your inheritance. Yes. This is like, your I wedding it was present. Gonna be money, dad. Yes. Like, this is worth so much more. So much better. It's a life. <laughs> oh <laughs> Don't my mess it up. goodness. Yeah. Yeah. No pressure. 
You got this. <laughs> you got this. Oh my gosh. Look, I could talk to you all night. This was a delight. Um, we went fun. from freaking Daisy Jones and the Six to like ha- having babies dropped at your doorstep. So, I mean, this <laughs> almost was, literally. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Thank you for your time. No, thanks for having me on. It was fun. I feel like we could, like, again, we could talk for another hour. I feel like there's a lot of other topics we could have hit on, but, uh, absolutely. Well, you know what? Part two, part two. Hey, let's do it. Let's do it. Thank you. Thanks, Caitlin. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and follow on Apple podcasts, Spotify, CaitlinElliott.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. And hey, if you want to toss us a five-star rating, I would love you forever. Check us out next week for another new episode. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at so.what.else. Editing and all that stuff by Matt Carpenter with Parable Productions. Parable Productions.